This is Real Housewives of the Kingdom, a sweet space where you'll hear from the hearts of fellow housewives in the kingdom of God, some just like you and some really different in various walks of life. We will talk about how God is walking with us through the good and the hard. I pray you'll be encouraged and entertained as we laugh and sometimes cry together. Most of all, I hope it reminds you we're in this together and you are not alone. Today is part two of my conversation with Jen Tomasic, my sweet longtime friend who worked with me at Disneyland. So if you haven't listened to part one, go check it out, then come back to finish hearing our encouraging and very real conversation. As a reminder, we are talking about body image and how it impacts us through various seasons in life. And there was just too many good things to cut out of any part of the conversation. Before last week's episode, I gave a little content warning. While we don't get super graphic, we discuss having babies, sex and marriage, insecurities and struggles that surround around having a very large chest, as well as details from her medical emergency and surgery. So if your little ones are in earshot, I'd pop in those headphones or listen at a different time. I know you will love the rest of our conversation. Now, what was your relationship with God like during this time? And I ask about your uh, favorite scripture, usually in my rapid fire questions, but where was your faith journey during this time of kind of battling the weight, battling the, um, so the tumor's out, you're now, you've gained all of this weight. They figured out why, but it still doesn't change the fact that now you're 60 pounds overweight and- Um, you've never been that in your life. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I dealt with it for a really long time and, you know, often I would, you know, pray to God and just ask him like, Lord, I don't know what I did. I don't know if I wronged you. I don't know if I went down or like, did I, did I fail you that I feel like this is now a punishment? You know, I, I almost looked at it as a punishment. And then, you know, you go through this like grief process with it, that you start to turn into a different person. And then, you know, I don't need to pray to God anymore because, you obviously gave me this for a reason and now I just have to deal with it. So just let me deal with it and leave me alone. And I, I didn't love that about myself. I didn't love that yeah. I left in that way, but I think I needed to go through that in order to find myself. I got to a very dark place. I got really sad. I was angry with my children all the time. I was angry with my husband all the time. I was just on edge constantly. I was miserable because anywhere we wanted to go on vacation, it always involved a pool or it involved being mm-hmm. in a bathing suit. And I never wanted to do that. And I always chose places that let's go here. We don't have to be in a bathing suit. Let's yeah. go here. We don't have to be by the pool all day long. Yeah. You know, that's just not fun for me. And I, I just, I, I couldn't be that mom. Like I see other moms who were heavy, but they were in the pool and, the, and they didn't care. And I was like, I just, I don't know why. I guess it was because of the performer in me that mm-hmm. I couldn't let myself do that. I couldn't embarrass my own self. It wasn't that I was worried about that, but I thought I was going to embarrass yeah. my family and I didn't want to be the embarrassment. I know for me, I had had endometriosis and I had a cyst the size of a grapefruit burst my right ovary open while we were in um, while we were on tour on the way to my husband's cousin's wedding in, we just crossed over from New York into New Jersey and got off at a, uh, travel stop and it burst and I couldn't breathe. And I was in excruciating pain and I, and I basically was collapsing. And so I was rushed by ambulance to a hospital and they couldn't figure out what was going on. I had one doctor walk in and say, um, Oh, well, all I can think is leukemia. And, um, and I was like, they had me on morphine and all sorts of meds just to keep the pain down. It was crazy. They finally figured it out, had an amazing doctor, but it was crazy because when I got out of the hospital, I was thin because I didn't eat for a week after my emergency surgery, when they realized it was an endometrioma that burst open and was basically putting my body into toxic shock. So it was mm-hmm. old blood swirling around in my body. That was the pain I was feeling because your body can't process or old blood, like it newer blood. It can, you know, if it's a cyst that burst, that's like um, newer, it can like process it up. But mm-hmm. if it's old, then your body starts to shut down. And that's what my body was doing. So once they cleaned me out, I was in the hospital for like a week. Um, and they put me on birth control so that um, I wouldn't bleed after like the swelling went down and all of that. You know, I had lost a considerable amount of weight. Felt good. I'm not going to lie. It's like, I know it was because of a horrible situation, but it felt good. And then I grew another cyst shortly after I grew that other cyst, I tried to shrink it by doing a diet that was anti-inflammatory. So I basically no dairy, no soy, no, um, no eggs, no chicken, no alcohol, no sugar, 
no caffeine. Yeah. Really restrictive that it was so so supposed to be anti-inflammatory diet. I didn't start it to get skinny, but, and I was already thinner than I had been previously, but I did this for the cyst, the new cyst that was growing in the, the same ovary that they repaired. And the cyst didn't change. I did it for several months. It didn't change. And I was like, okay, well then we're not going to do this anymore. This crazy diet anymore. But I did get really, really thin. Like I remember we went on vacation to a friend's 40th birthday cruise. And I remember I pulled on a pair of shorts without unbuttoning them. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) And they were like my like smaller shorts. And I was like, Hmm. Well, I kind of like that, (laughs) you know? And I mean, to be honest, I did, but it was unrealistic to live like that. It really, really, it was. Yeah. So with that, the cyst, I, you know, kept growing. And as the cyst grew, I start gaining weight. As the cyst gets bigger, my body starts, my hormones are getting more and more off. And then I get another surgery. They remove my right ovary and the cyst. And I was, and I asked them to take the ovary because they repaired the ovary and another one grew in like a year and a half later. So I was like, just take the ovary out, (laughs) please just take it. And so they took it out and I still was feeling pain even after they removed it. And then I just never really like lost weight from that point from having the cyst in that weight just never left. And then I tried a clinical trial for a little while of this medicine and it didn't really work. And then they put an IUD in in 2020 for me and said that that would be the best thing for it. When I put the IUD in, I gained in about a month, I gained about 20 pounds and I was already about like 155 pounds and I went up to 175 and there I sit today. And it was, and it's crazy because I've done, I've worked out, I worked out every day of 20, you know, a good portion of the beginning of 2021 from January to July worked out every day was really wise about what I was eating. And I literally didn't change. I'm like, okay, I just want to, I'll do it to be healthy, but I'm not going to get crazy about it. Cause here's my body here I am. And there's nothing I can do about it. I can't control it. I'm in the same boat. The weight gain was a really hard factor for me because I felt like anytime my husband wanted to get intimate or be around me, you know, then he's rubbing all the rolls and the valleys and the peaks and everything on the side of here. It's like, you know, you're grossed out by yourself. So I can't imagine what he's thinking, you know, but he was so reassuring and saying, I'll take you in any way, shape and form. I love you. I love you. I love you. And it's, it was, it was like, yes, I love you for saying that. I adore you for saying that, but I want to be better for you because I want to be better Mm -hmm. for myself. I just didn't want to hurt anymore. I didn't want to do anything anymore. I remember being in the room crying my eyes out and Dean's like, what do you need to do then? Let's do it. Cause I went to a gym. Yeah. I tried to work out. I did all these, you know, fad diet things. And he's like, then do what you need to do. Figure it out, figure out what you need to do. And I'm going to support you. And, you know, I, I finally got in touch with a friend of mine, um, Emily, who, um, you know, started me on a health journey mm-hmm. and she basically like changed my life. And mm-hmm. I had the same thing. I had the IUD installed, you know, because I had intramuterosis on top of everything and mm-hmm. I had the IUD put in, I'm due to have it taken out. But I really think that that's a big factor because I put on a lot of weight afterwards and I cannot get rid of it. And even yeah. if I lose weight, then I put it back on. If I stop and I lose weight and I put it back on, it's like this, I never had the yo-yo factor. And so mentally for me, as a performer, that's so weird because you're used this to. Is not me. Yeah. Yeah. This is not me. So I'm hoping that with my next visit that's coming up with my doctor and she's thinking about taking it out, I think I'm going to ask her to take it out and just see how we go because it's been mm-hmm. five years to have it in. I'm hoping that maybe I'm at the <laughs> very point where I'm going to be having my menopause anyway yeah. and I'm going to be through it anyway. So it's kind of like, well, I'm going to have to take all that stuff. We'll deal with that when I come. Yeah. You know, the program that I was on prior to where I lost over 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. And that was such an exhilarating feeling for me to kind of get back to where I was that I started coaching people. And then I lost myself because I got involved in their health journeys. And I was so concerned for them that I started to let go of me again. And I mm-hmm. needed to be almost selfish again to the point where I have to be selfish. I have to do this for me. And it was a great program. It was super easy to do. It was something that just fit with my lifestyle, fit with my family. It was, it was working, you know, early on in that journey, I was so desperate. I just was in tears all the time. And I was so desperate for just, you know, wanting Mm -hmm. in the desires of my heart, I guess, getting to a point where I just said, okay, I cannot leave God out of this anymore. That's the bottom line. I got that feeling like there's something missing in my life and it's my walk. I'm not walking the path anymore. I've gotten so derailed and I went on this huge detour. And then I started to read Psalm 24, 24. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And he says, you know, may you give the desire of your heart and make all of your plans succeed. And I thought, this is it. Okay. You know, when you Bible dive? Yeah. Yeah. When you just like open it and that's the one. (laughs) That was, that was what I got. Psalm 24. That was my Bible dive moment. And that right there knew, may he give you the desire of your heart and make all of your plans succeed. And I was like, hot diggy. Let's do it. (laughs) Sweet. I believe it. I have faith. You know, I'm believing it. I'm going to do it. You're giving me a sign. This is my sign. Okay. Let's go for it. So I signed up for this program as expensive as it was you know, I knew it was going to benefit me in the long run. And then halfway, like I said, through my journey, my goals, quote unquote, to succeed kind of changed. I began to shift gears mentally about like what priorities and what really, what do I want? Do I really just want to be thin, be thin? No, I just want to be healthy. I want to be able to be in that bathing suit with my kids. I want to be able to be in the pictures with my kids. And that was the big thing for me. That was my why I had to find my why. And my why was to just be present with my family. And that was the main focus for me. And that was what was driving me to lose that weight and to be able to dance again and feel joy again and feel to be able to do the things that I love roller skate and, and be active and ride my bike with my kids. And so I started in as a coach, I started to help, you know, help other people. And by helping other people, I felt like I was filling my own bucket by going, okay, good. That's holding me accountable. I'm able to help them. I'm helping me. But then I got so far off path again, like to the other side that I started Mm -hmm. to lose me. And then I remember. I remember um, encouraging so many of my clients, you know, during their time, like, give yourself grace, give yourself grace, like, give yourself grace. And I'm like, dude, take your own advice, like, give yourself yeah. grace. And then I would encourage them, just talk to God, you know, sit in the room and just talk to God, let him know your heart, let him, mm-hmm. you know, let him speak through you after you're be silent and be still that whole moment, you know? And yeah. I remember in, uh, in reading first um, John verse um, uh, chapter five, verse 14, it said, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. But if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. Mm -hmm. And so that was my driving force when I was coaching everyone. He's going to hear you guys. Like, you know, you have this comfort. We have Mm -hmm. this like relationship and it's super comfortable with God. He's there anytime we need him, no matter where you are, you're in the bathroom at Walmart, you know, you're anywhere you need help. (laughs) God, he can hear you. You know, there's a whole lot going on in this world, but he's going to hear you. And I cannot tell you how many times I asked for grace and patience and strength and peace. And I mean, it was often, and I felt, boy, I'm really abusing this. If I'm not giving anything back to him, (laughs) my privileges here, but then, um, you know, but then Romans 12, 12 will tell us be joyful in hope, patient in Mm -hmm. affliction and faithful in prayer. And that's really what it came down to for me was like, this is it. I have to be patient I have to be, you know, joyful and I have to be like faithful. And those were the things that really drove me to find balance. And mentally, my brain started to change. And there were times that I was fighting him still. And I know it's like, I got this, Lord. I, I know. Stop telling me what to do. Just in the back seat. Shush, shush. I got this, you know, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh no, Jesus, take the wheel. Cause I can't do this anymore. I need you. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot. And it was really that moment where I was like, just okay, you're right. I'm not, I know my path is written. I can't change course. You're going to fight me on this because it's already written for me and it's beautifully made. So, you know, anyway, he, 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 he basically took the wheel. He, he, he drove me down that path. And I, I have now hopefully found some of the joy that I was missing. And I continue to try to pass that on to people because I know it's a lonely, lonely place to be. I know how desperate it gets. I mean, you guys, if I'm going to be hundred percent, totally like transparent and honest, there were times that I sat in the bathroom contemplating suicide. And it was so difficult because it's like, why, why would yeah. I ever get to that point over a stupid body image? Yeah. That was stupid. And yeah. I think back on it and go, how freaking selfish was I, you know, that was just selfish. And I'm so glad that I was strong enough and, and to, to resist, you know, the enemy at that moment and just say, you know, get out of here. I'm done. I'm done talking to you. I'm done letting you make these decisions for me. I'm not going to be that person anymore. My children are amazing. Their, their struggle. I mean, anybody who has kids knows how hard it can be, but you know, I'll take that struggle every day if I have to, just to make sure that they're okay, to make sure that I know that I'm alive and, and whatnot, but, you know, reach out to people that are in like-minded communities, because I think it's really important to have a great, you know, tribe, if you will. Mm. And I know around me, I had beautiful girls that I used to travel with and they worked at Disneyland and they all stayed very skinny their whole lives. And it was so hard to go on vacation with them and still go, gosh, they're so pretty. And everybody talks to them and nobody talks to me. And woe was me. Woe was me. You know, I felt very much like Eeyore at times with the cloud looming over my head and gloomy and doom. And they're like, hi, I'm beautiful. And the sun is shining on me. 
but you know, it's, it's not about that. It's really about finding that mental space. And once I got into my program and I, once I got myself healthy, it was amazing. The changes that came, Mm -hmm. I mentally turned myself around. Yeah. What you were saying um, earlier also about making sure that you knew why you were being healthy, because I think that that is a really important piece because if it's just to be skinny, so you can be as skinny as your friend who you travel with or whatever, that then one day that's not going to be enough. You're going to reach that and there's going to be another thing. And that's why it's so important to know the why and, and the why is being healthy for your family. And when you're healthy physically and mentally, you can also be used for God more and wider and you know all of that, because you know, I know that when I was doing that crazy diet, even though I say, and I always call it my crazy diet, um, and it's the only diet I've ever been on. Um, but I, uh, I remember that I started judging people. I got to a point where I would see somebody have like a Coke and like, like a soda in front of them. And I would be like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they're drinking Coke. It's so bad for you. Oh my gosh. You're drinking out of a plastic water bottle. Do you know how many parabens are in that? And (laughs) I mean, the Lord told me like, stop, this is not important. The body is more than what we eat and what we drink. It is your spirit. It is your soul. And that's what God cares about. And God wants us to be, he wants us to be healthy because he made these bodies to thrive. Um, And that for a reason and for us to be here and they have to function for you to be a mom and a wife and for you to be able to move around and do the things he's called you to do, be a makeup artist and be a light in that world. I think it's so easy. And especially as entertainers, you know, I think when you want to be thin because of that, because you're like staying in in shape for a role or for a show, or there's this little bit of like, oh, well, I'm doing it for this and it's my job. And, but I, I know for me, it became very difficult, the transition between being a professional acrobat and dancer performer and being paid to work out, um, then to try and work out after that was really difficult because I didn't like it. I hated it. I like, I loved, I loved dancing and doing acrobatics. And I loved all of that stuff. And so, but then you don't have the time when you are not being paid to do all of that. You don't have the amount of time. Like when I was doing Cirque du Lemaire, I was doing six in the summer, sometimes six shows a day, right? Six acrobatic shows a day where I'm using my muscles. I'm running. I'm, you know, just working. Yeah. And on my days off, I go train, you know, Um, so to stay in shape, whatever, but it's like, you know, but I don't have the time when I'm not doing that. I, I can't give, I can't give six hours a day of my time to working out. That is not conducive to life. And you want it to be, you don't have the motivation to get up. It's like, I know they say, Oh, get up and go to the gym and you'll feel a little better for it. It's true, but it's just that moment of going, but I have laundry and I have school and I have this and I have that and I have that. And this, and that also needs my attention. Do I just give myself that hour? And most of the time we're not selfish enough to do that. So we give it to other people. It is an hour. It is. And if you can just give yourself that minute, even in the morning, like I had to get up early and I'm not a morning person. I had to start getting myself up in the early quiet morning, like at six o'clock. That's when I could have a full cup of coffee. I could (laughs) deep couch sit. I could just be quiet in my house if I wanted to. But I also chose that that was the moment that I felt most connected to earth and God and everything else. Mm -hmm. So I'd go outside and I'd bury my feet in in the grass with the sun shining on me and I feel the warmth. And I would just know like, oh, I could breathe for a minute before the crazy happens, before my children get up and request everything of me. This was is my that part of the new thing that you did. Yes. That was part okay. of my process. Awesome. So it was just getting up earlier, you know, first thing, this is the thing we get so connected to hit the ground running right the moment we wake up because we got to get kids up, got to go, 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 got to get to work, got to yeah. get to my coffee, got to get this. I would turn around and make my bed and I felt accomplished. That was yeah. the first thing I told myself, I'm going to uh-huh. make my bed. Because <laughs> yeah. I- jump out of bed and I leave it. I'm going to yeah. make, turn out and make my bed and it's made. Look right there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and thank God, because, you know, that was one thing that if anything in this day, I got one thing accomplished and then tomorrow, I think yeah. I'm going to make my bed and do something else. And I started to add on and add on and add on. I didn't mm-hmm. want to add to my plate to make myself busy, but I mm-hmm. wanted to add on to my process. So with my eating yeah. program, 
um, which if anybody wants information, I would be more than happy to give this to you. If that's something that you're really- You can link it. We'll link it in, in the show notes. Yeah, yeah but, you can send me the info and I'll just, link it in the yeah. show notes. But literally it is, it was one of the things that, like I said, it was a very time sensitive situation. So every morning I knew I was going to have my first, you know, fueling as you will, or my feeding mm -hmm. at seven o'clock. So every day I woke up at seven, whether it was on a Saturday or a Tuesday, mm -hmm. I was up at seven, 6.45, like I said, you know, 6.30 to give myself my moments. But then I would have that, you know, my meal in the morning. And then I felt accomplished. I would go out for a little walk. I'd do a little stroll in between, come back, get the kids up and then, you know, start my hecticness. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I would continue on throughout the day, but I had to set timers for myself because of my busyness. I had to set timers for myself to remind myself to eat. Oh, go eat, go eat, go eat, go eat, because it's super healthy to have like those six meals in a day and keep your water yeah. on. And I had to drink. I mean, I had a timer set for my water and here I am with my like, you know, gallon yep. jug and, you know, yep. and even though I had my coffee with you, cause it was morning and I thought I'll have my coffee with you. I mean, yep. I got my 40 ounce I'm rolling, you know, but drinking my sipping it. But made you know, me thirsty showing me your water. Right? <laughs> mine. But but I'm so terrible at drinking water. And that is such a key point. And it's so yes. hard for us to mentally want to drink water because there's so many other delicious, delectable things to drink in the world. Mm -hmm. But water just does such wonders for our heart, our soul, our mind, our body, our skin, everything. And it's such a wonder. So, you know, that was really hard for me. And that was a lot of, of my growing up was, okay, stop trying to be so resistant against things you know you don't like it's like eating brussels sprouts when you're a kid <laughs> just try it again and give it a whirl give yourself 30 days because it takes 30 days to create a habit and right. only one break it so mm -hmm. that's what I did is I started to just set a pattern and I set a course and I stuck to it I had timers to remind me so that I wasn't getting off course and that's where my success came in you know was really mm -hmm. just giving myself yes. more structure yeah more structure. well and structure is good like God, the way God designed the earth, it is very structured. We have seasons, we have hours, we have days, we have moon and sun and it cycles. And we have things that happen every day because God decided to make it structured. And aren't we glad that he did? Aren't we glad that he's like, not like, well, we'll see if the sun rises today. I don't know if it will or not, you know, like, right, and right. that's, and so it's a beautiful thing. And I think sometimes that can sound very, um, to some people that might sound, well, that's just too hard. But I think I'm sure just even the process of you getting up and taking a minute to like, even go outside and stand in the grass or feel the sun or like sit and have your coffee, even just sitting and talking to God, you know, open your Bible. Yes. Yep. But talk to God, talk yep. to him, talk yep. to him about absolutely everything. And I think that w getting our mind right and our minds and our bodies are, and our spirits are so interwoven, so interwoven. And I truly believe that when mentally we aren't well and we're too busy or we're too whatever, it's going to be difficult for our bodies, even if we are doing all of the workout routines and we're eating all the right things, um, we're not going to feel great or it's not going to produce the results that we think we want because our right. mi minds and bodies are so interwoven. So I'm sure that that helped with your success too. It's so cool that that was part of the program. Hey guys, I'm here with my hubby. And as you know, we are super passionate about equipping people to thrive in marriage. One of the best ways you can do that is by having premarital counseling. We did it and it was super helpful in learning how to communicate and dive into subjects that should be discussed before you reach the altar. Many couples are finding it unnecessary or are not plugged into a good church where they can find good counsel in that area. Or they just think counseling is for couples with problems and that couldn't be further from the truth. We are excited to announce a new project we are working on. We will be offering an online premarital guidance course that you can purchase and access on your schedule. We think everyone should go into marriage with the right tools to thrive and not just survive. We don't have a launch date just yet, but stay tuned to hear more on the podcast, which by the way, will now be airing an episode every week. And now back to the show. So when was your daughter born in the, just out of curiosity for like timeline's sake, was it after, so it was after the brain tumor? Yeah. So after the brain tumor, and then I found out I was pregnant about a year and a half. Uh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. They're almost four years apart. Okay. Basically. She's and that was a miracle. 
Yeah. Obviously, that's so awesome. You performed for a lot longer than I did at Disney, but um, you were still performing even after um, you had her as well. Yes. Correct. Yes. Um, it got harder because after having two kids, you know, you've got a, a, a bigger schedule to deal with and balance. Um, and it wasn't more about the body for me. Um, it was more about just having a firefighter schedule to deal with, not having someone to take my son now who's in school and, you know, pick him up and then take her to daycare and take her to preschool, get a babysitter, all that kind of stuff. So it got harder and harder for me to take on more shifts at Disney. So I can right, especially as they get bigger and have more yeah. things. So working yeah. weekends was um, ideal because then my mom was off and she could help out or, you know, not having a whole lot of family around to help um, was also another struggle. But getting in there as much as I could was where I would go to work. And it was like, oh, I have a human adult time. <laughs> so I really missed it. And I longed yeah. for it because, you know, I grew up there. I started when yeah. I was got just barely 18. And, you know, I already now here I am in my mid thirties, you know, going back after having two kids and, you know, I wanted it to be like a forever home for me. You know, that was just yeah. my magic place. So, um, I went back and I started to take on more um, roles as far as like a lead, you know, where I was just coming mm -hmm. in and helping with the parade management and, and running the daily operations of, of what, what it takes to put on the, as opposed to being a performer. And right. then when I could perform, then I would step into that role. And then I felt like that's not really what I wanted to be here for. You know, mm -hmm. that's not, I love it. Yeah. I just don't, I want to be here in any capacity, but well, that was changing your heart toward yeah, I just, what you, what yeah. you desired to do. Exactly. So I, uh, you know, I, I continue to perform as much as possible. When I got myself a little bit more healthy, I remember going back, I was, I think I was 42 and I went back to skate with Christine Gonzalez. She and mm -hmm. I were original snowflakes together. So um, in the in Christmas the parade, uh, we'll just explain it. So in the yeah. Christmas parade at Disneyland, California, there are roller skating, uh, snowflakes. So they look like, you know, ice capades, like cutesy little outfits with fluff and rhinestones. And then they wear these giant snowflakes on their backs. And then they skate through the parade, avoiding and dodging train tracks <laughs> and, um, all sorts of yeah, people and uh, floats and yeah. <laughs> all Cobble, of the things. Cobblestone, downhill, Chil it's all, you know, it's all children down. running out yeah. into the street. Yeah. 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 So yeah. this all is whilst, the, all whilst wearing a white unitard. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, um, so it is no small task that she says she's 42 and goes back <laughs> to be a snowflake. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> so I went back and it was really fun to be able to be joined by a friend of mine who at that time, you know, when we were 19, we were skating together. So it was just this long friendship that we'd had for years. And we thought, no way in heck are they going to take us back, first of all. So that was that was also fun. But mm -hmm. you know, with that also came some like snide comments from some of the other girls who were the snowflakes. Mm -hmm. And you know, not to say that they were in the wrong, but it's just like it just shows you like where you're yeah. mentally like more mature and you just don't say stuff like that. You don't talk about that. And yeah, you know, I talk about uh, with one of the one of the girls in particular, she was very interested in seeing um my past and, and hearing about my past of Disney. And so I remember we had a conversation. It was real funny that we had a conversation and one of the girls didn't really care for that conversation. She didn't want to hear it. Cause she's like, Oh, I'm so, so tired of this old time. Yes. Old timer. Tell oh. us again how it was to work in Disneyland in oh the day. You know, kind of those gosh. things. And I'm just like, if you don't even oh. want to listen, don't listen. Like, I don't care. I've been doing this since you were in utero kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Tuck in your report because it's showing, you know? <laughs> Right, no way. You get more confidence, even if you're still dealing with body stuff, you do get more confidence sure. and you get a little more grace as you get older. I think that's one of the beautiful things that even though as our bodies start to kind of change and break down in certain places, it's so sweet that the Lord gives us that growth in our like minds and in our hearts to be able to go, that probably would have bugged me at 22, but today, honey, yeah. just keep moving okay. along. Okay. <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause I grew up with a lot of my family from the South, you know, they all, they'll talk like this real fast and they have yeah. that real cute little drawl. And they, they, I remember growing up with them and they said, honey, if you can get something nice to say, the old adage was, you don't have anything nice to say. Don't say nothing at all. Right. Well, my aunts would always say, if you don't got nothing nice to say, then you come sit right by me and you tell me everything, you know, <laughs> and they would listen. And then that way I could get out what I had to say. And it was in a yeah. very controlled environment, even though, you know, they were the biggest gossips in the whole wide world. They yeah. wanted the dish. But it was able for me, it was a way for me to be able to do that. I thought it was really funny. And when you were saying how 
you know, you grow up a little bit more and you mature and you understand what it's like, but you know, you can see that these young kids don't get it. It's almost like that movie and, and fried green tomatoes when she's like, mm-hmm. I'm older and I got better insurance, you know? Yes. <laughs> she's she's back in the yeah. You know, it's like, I don't care anymore. You can I was just literally having a conversation with my sisters last night where I can't wait to get older because then I can go back to saying whatever the heck I want because people don't care when you're older. Right. They don't care what you say. They're just like, ah, oh, you batty old bat. Go ahead, be yourself, whatever. Yep. You're, you're just an old codger. I'm fine to be an old codger if I can speak my mind, especially <laughs> right? in this world right now. There's benefits to all of the stages oh, totally. of life. Totally. For but you sure. want to remind yourself of the grace. You do want to be a lady. You always want to have that. And it is true. You can, you know, you can have an outward facial expression I guess mm-hmm. and have an inner monologue and you just yeah. have to really be good about perfecting that to be the Disney you know two fingers <laughs> and a smile thank you so yes. much and in your mind you yeah you're like oh <laughs> Jesus take the wheel help that yeah, woman so out the moments, so yeah. I had plenty of those after going back and performing I had felt really insecure again. And I just thought, Mm -hmm. gosh, this is stupid. I'm 42 years old. I shouldn't feel insecure about my body. I created two humans and they came out of my body and I'm still able to do this. I should be thanking God for the grace that he has given me and for the abilities that he's given me to be able to afford me to do that. I survived a brain tumor. I survived a breast reduction, you know, that happened in mid sway. And boy, I'm telling you, it is a lot. I survived the whole endometriosis fiascos and then the weight gain and the weight loss and you know it's where we are it's who we are and it makes us it's all the fabrics that are woven into this beautiful imperfect perfectness Jesus for and I came to a point like I was telling you about all the scriptures that got me through Mm -hmm. um, you know my process and recently I came across and I think I shared it with you not so long ago um, Psalm 45 I just started to do Bible dipping again and for some reason when I Bible dip the Psalms just like speak to me Yes, it's amazing. Because well, David's Psalm, so real, you know. It is, it is. And in Psalm 45, there was a portion that said, you know, let the king be enthralled by your beauty. And I mm-hmm. thought, gosh, if that doesn't say a thousand words, it's like, mm-hmm. it's not a matter of, it's not a matter of if my husband thinks I'm beautiful. It's not a matter of if the people at Disneyland think I'm beautiful. It's not a matter of my children or people at the beach. It's mm-hmm. my king. It's my Lord Yes. It's my savior. It's he's the one that makes me feel beautiful. If I know that he is happy with me, if I'm the one that he's sees and is enthralled with my beauty, then that is going to give me the confidence to go, okay, none of you all matter because he thinks I'm cool. He thinks I'm beautiful. And that's what matters because in life, I've always thought, and I know we share this, that in my marriage, God is first. He's my mm-hmm. first and foremost yep. man. My husband comes second and my children are third. And everybody else is in line after that. And I feel it has to be that way because I have to be prepared and be emotionally receptive to respond to my husband the way that I'm intended to, the way that God wants me to. And I know that, you know, we're made from the rib and the whole bit and all that kind of stuff. And we walk the path, but, oh, you know, we are also women and we are the keepers of our home and our Mm -hmm. domain and we are the I mean I call myself the gatekeeper all the time it's like (laughs) I'm sorry I know your dad and kids always say dad does this way well I know your dad is that way but I'm here now this is how it's going to get done so you know we have to remember this is our power our power is beautiful thing with our husbands their strengths and our strengths go together and we're supposed to be that and that being that keeper of the home and the gatekeeper of like no like I'm not letting that into my home like this is this is our this is our sweet space this is our respite from the world and I'm going to create it and so I'm going to be careful about what comes in and we're going to be intentional about it um now that being said what have you done with uh as being a mom what have you like and maybe you could even just give some encouragement to young moms out there to speak over your children or into your children in terms of body image. Now having teenagers, one almost graduating, a boy and a girl, two different. (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting because they have two different complete builds, which my son is five foot eight and he weighs like a buck two, you know, he's so funny. <laughs> he's um, 
and and it's because you know he's really just a slight frame he's a small frame but he's got beautiful definition he's got a beautiful face he's got a beautiful body but it is an insecurity for him to be so skinny and no matter what we do we try to put on weight he does not put on weight he just has that mega (laughs) mega metabolism right now and I told him I said it'll come so just appreciate what you have now be able to put on jeans I know it's hard to find stuff for for us to fit him because his waist is literally like a 26 he's tiny Um, and then, you know, I've got the flip side where I've got my daughter who's almost 14 and she, during pandemic started her cycle and went through puberty and that was in lockdown. So I can't imagine how hard it was for all of us to go through in a normal state, how, how just, oh my gosh, like overwhelming that was. And thank the Lord for the, um, uh, the care and keeping of you books by American girl. Okay. Hallelujah for those because <laughs> they were the ones that, you know, you learn, you learn about your body in school. You learn about your body and stuff. Well, what do you do when you're on a zoom call and you're at home? You're not yeah. learning about body image there. They, they just didn't get that, that time mm-hmm. in school this time. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the curriculum, and we won't even go into that. That's a whole other topic, but a lot <laughs> of the curriculum is changing about what they're right. teaching to, you know, younger kids and stuff, um, and, uh, about their bodies. And so with the care and keeping of you, I just, I wanted my daughter to be ready for when her menstrual cycle came. I didn't want it to be a traumatic event. I wanted it to be a right. beautiful celebration of being a woman and oh, you're a woman today. Congratulations. Yeah. So yeah. I preempted that. And I bought her like this cute box from Ruby. It had like, you know, the period panties in it and it had a little stress ball and it had like a mm-hmm. pad and lip gloss and cozy socks. And it was the greatest little gift to be able to give her. And I had it in reserve for when she started her period. So her body started to change significantly. She's also an athlete and she Mm -hmm. plays, um, you know, club soccer, really competitive level. And when you're like, you were saying that girl at camp, when you referred to the, you know, the puberty story, when she was still Mm -hmm. the boy body had the little slight frame, the narrow hips, this kid sprouted. She's almost as tall as me. Her Mm -hmm. hips grew, her breasts grew. And I'm thinking, Oh Lord, here we go. She's going to be me again with that poor breast. Like she's going to have to find herself. And just thinking, Oh gosh, Oh gosh, Oh gosh. I really tried even when I was heavy, not to say negative things about myself in the mirror when I would look at it. And it was really hard because there was a lot of time running through, getting changes, nothing fits. You're frustrated. Everyone's like, come on, we got to go. We got to go. And you don't have anything that fits. I just tried so very hard not to be that person for her. And I wanted her to always know that her body was beautiful and that in any shape and way and form, God created her to be this. This is what she was given as a gift. And she needs to just be happy with where she's at and, you know, whatever, own it up. But I didn't want her to feel like she had to settle for anything. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's an athlete. She plays, she has noticed some changes in her own self. Um, her speed isn't as quick as she used to be because she's now, you know, lugging around an extra 20, 30 pounds, you know, yeah. from where she was like an 80 pound, you you know, an 80 pound child to like now 120 pound woman, you know, it's like, there's, that's um, there's a Simpsons <laughs> episode, uh, Simpson, it's Treehouse of Horrors. I never watched the Simpsons, but I have friends <laughs> who watch it and they watch the Treehouse of Horrors, like at Halloween time. And the only one I ever saw, they put on March Simpson says, I used to be a ballerina until my boobs grew. And then I lost my balance. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I like fell on the floor. I was oh, like, right. oh my That's God, awesome. <laughs> that is so That's awesome. Right. Cause it's like, honestly, when your boobs start coming in, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Everything changes how you yeah. do things. Your whole body feels different. You have to almost relearn how to move again. Yeah. And so she did a really good job, you know, holding that. And with her, I just try to, Every time I, she walks across the room or she's got an outfit on and I go, gosh, you have such a cute figure. You're such a beautiful girl. I'm so happy for you. I love you. I'm so glad you're mine. You know, and I just try to encourage your little steps. 2020 was hard on all of our young women, I think, mm-hmm. and our men because of the lockdown and because of the information that was, you know, readily available at their fingertips on social media and on yeah. that. And I think a lot of, um, I think that, I think the enemy really infiltrated a lot of our children and it's really a sad thing to say and I, I can't I can't speak enough to um you know to the, the the epidemic I guess they call it now of especially with my church they you know with these women in there trying to figure out who they are and what they are and you know their pronouns and, and 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 how they identify and it's just it's super frustrating because it's like they have enough on their plate to think about at 13 just live your life and just be you and I try to encourage her with that because I feel like a lot of her friends are going through that right now. And, and it's been a struggle between us. It's put a big, you know, it's put a big wedge in our relationship. But, you know, if we can just communicate with our kids and be yeah. and be real with them and, and you know, if they do 
feel that way, then, then talk to them about it, you know, communicate mm-hmm. with them because be this present. really very well be present, just be present yeah. and pray about it. That's the key is just to pray about it with each other, you know, and to be open for that. Um, so, you know, with my kids, I, 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 you know, it's been hard to be a mom, but having a healthy image is super important. Also eating, you know, having that lifestyle with being busy has been super difficult for us. And I know, you know, most of the younger moms, especially when I was a younger, um, younger mom, you know, your, your kids only want to eat like chicken nuggets and hot dogs. And it's true. It's like mac and cheese. And it's like, okay, well, if that's the case, you can't just keep going to McDonald's every day and getting chicken nuggets. You got to find the alternatives. So there's so many more great, you know, plant-based, you know, vegan chicken nuggets that taste delicious. And they look exactly like McDonald's, especially if they're fried up a little bit, you know, in Mm -hmm. coconut oil on your, on your thing. So, you know, it just takes a little bit of effort and, and to hear that word coming from my mouth, to hear, you know, to the young mom's ear. She's like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I have so much mm-hmm. on my plate. I get you. I feel you. I hear you. I see yeah. you. I know exactly yeah. where you've been, but that's where being part of a community of women or in your church, you know, you get to get those tricks to the trade and what helps and what makes a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I've always tried to have a healthy body image with my kids. Um, I've tried to, um, you know, make challenges for them on occasion when I, I saw that they weren't responding or they wanted to sit in their rooms and be on their computer. I'd say, okay, for 20 minutes right now, we're going to set a timer. We're going to go outside. We're going to do an obstacle course. I set it up outside mm-hmm. and, you know, it's grab your bike and ride your bike around this little obstacle course, then jump off of that and jump on the scooter and go down the chalk line that I made down the middle of the street. And I luckily have a really amazing neighborhood in a little cul-de-sac. Uh, it's like hidden Valley. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the the women over here are just the same. They all are very active, very wanting to be outside. So my kids have always led a very outdoor lifestyle. Like we live outside, you know, and, and now with the pandemic it's created indoor hermits. And so it's like, yeah. oh no, we've got to break this again. I heard a mom, a young mom recently saying, it's weird because I can't even ask my mom or my grandma, how did you do this thing? Because we have so many new things coming in. Like there's some stuff that of course they take as wisdom, but you have to be really intentional. Like you said, even before the pandemic, you know, screens and things like that were um, pulling kids to not be active and that sort of a thing. But then now with the pandemic, then you have that additional pull that has definitely been a challenge. So that's really good advice. Be in the community and talk to your kids, communicate with them. I just think that is so important. It is. So I think we are going to start closing, but I just wanted to ask if there was any other wisdom or advice you wanted to share if someone's out there listening and they've done the thing where they sat and have contemplated I, you know, I don't know if I want to live or the, where you look at an old photo of yourself and you say, I wish I was that skinny. Anything you would say in closing to encourage them? You know, I just, there's so much that goes on in our minds. And I just would like to say, just, I say it all the time to myself. I say it to my clients. I say, just give yourself grace. And I can't say that enough because it's one of the hardest things for us to do, but it is really one of the things that we absolutely Mm -hmm. need to do because we are not perfect. We are going to fall. We are going to get ourselves back up. It's really the rebound. That's what I tell my kids. So you failed or you didn't do something to hundred percent. Okay. How do you recover from it? That's mm. really what it is. It's about the recovery. So I would just encourage people, like if you're thinking really about those moments, if you're really sad, what's your recovery? What's your plan of action? What's, what are you mm-hmm. going to do about it? I know that we can talk about it. We can say things, but until we take that plan and we create a plan of action, there's really nothing you can do until you decide in your own heart that you need it, that you want it. That's for you. Yeah. So really find that rebound. If you fail, we are going to fail. That is inevitable. Inevitable. Yep. We're, we're only human. I love that. Just, yeah, that, just that grace for yourself. And I think that is such a good mind switch to change to, okay, well then what's the plan of action for it? And not like, oh, I feel really bad about myself today, so I'm not going to eat, but changing that and going, Hey, Maybe today instead of that'll remind me to get out and maybe get a little bit active or something, or maybe I'll take a walk yeah. tonight. Let me take a walk tonight and, and well, start small. It has to be a reaction. If you're going to, if you're going to choose to have an alcoholic beverage mm-hmm. and you're going to choose to indulge in some ice cream or a pie or whatever, fine. That's life. We have to live life. We yes. have to enjoy it. We have to enjoy the food and what you do about it. Like you said, 
take a walk. You just have to have a plan of action. You can't just do it and then not expect to have a consequence. You know, you have to do it and then do something about it. So Mm -hmm. get up and do some activity. One of the greatest things, and I think is super fun. If y'all have like a we, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't know this, but that just dancing, it's just for me, I love dancing and coming from a dancer's perspective right now with a lot of the dance um, studios still closed in California, not being able to be in because of the mask mandates. Um, you know, for me and my kids, my, my daughter loves to get on just dance and they, I didn't realize it, but they have a just sweat. You just put it on and it all hard songs and it continually goes for like 20 minutes. It's like the best little workout, but it's so fun because you're playing the game. And so do something like that, that just gets a little bit of that, you know, frustration, I guess we build up in our bodies. Like you just got to do something that gives you joy, put on a music that inspires you like Amy Grant's um, sing your praise to the Lord, you know, that, you're like orchestrating yep. this, you know, conducting this orchestra, and, you know, kind of sing your praise to the Lord. I mean, get it out there and yeah. sing it. And, and just from the rooftops, if nobody's around, just sing, sing and sing and sing. And you just have this like exhilarating feeling, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you need that joy. You need to find that joy. Don't lose it. And you lose it when you become a mom, you lose it when you become a spouse, you lose it when you give yourself so much of yourself to other people. We forget about ourselves. Don't Mm -hmm. forget about yourself. Mm -hmm. Be a little bit selfish. It's okay in this instance. It's okay. But give your time to God because that way, you know, you're staying on track, you're staying true to him, and he's going to give back to you. Mm -hmm. And keeping it in that order, like you said, like God and your husband and your children and all of these things, how God has designed for our bodies to work, for our lives to work healthy. And he's put it in scripture. And so get in your word, talk to God, tell him your frustrations, tell him your difficulties and just be honest because we can all struggle. We all guys, It is the cheapest form of therapy. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Amen. You don't have to pay anybody. You don't have to worry about it being spread anywhere. I mean, that yep. is not repeated. It is just the best therapy to sit there with an empty chair or in an empty space outside and just talk, talk, talk. Yep. Say Amen. what your heart is saying, you know, Amen. he's listening. He is that. always listening. I love that. Well, this conversation was awesome and we could probably talk for like, I know, sorry, thanks for hanging in with us guys. I'm a, I'm a winded, you know, wind house. Totally fine. I'm well, and there's a lot to say about it. And this likely won't be my only series about it, but I just wanted to start the year off with that. Thank you so much for being on. I'm going to do a couple, we already talked about scriptures. So I'm going to do the other rapid fire questions. What is your favorite vacation or place that you've been to and why? Um, So many places I love. I have so many favorites, but if I have to narrow it down, the one place that I feel most at ease and I grew up there and I spent the majority of my life is the Colorado river. I can Mm -hmm. sit at the Colorado river primarily because when I grew up, we didn't have jet skis. We didn't have boats. We just kind of floated down the river. We made sandwiches. It was very simple life, no TV. We played charades. It was all about the bonding, all about family, all about just being present with one another. And I think that's what's missing when we go on vacation. We get so tied up going on a jet ski ride or a parasailing ride or going to this location or going to Walt Disney World and seeing all these places. And you're making moments and you're making that magic, but you're not connecting. And so for me, I love, and I got to take my kids the first time to the Colorado Mm -hmm. River last year. And it was exactly what I needed. And it was the Uh, dose that I was looking for. That is so sweet, especially after such a, Weird. A long year. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is awesome. I love that. Now, what about your favorite TV show or movie? Um, Goonies. Always. Goonies. Goonies, Goonies never, never say, say die. die. <laughs> <laughs> I always identified with Chunk, you know, Chunk Shuffle, you know, and, and, yep. and whatnot. Um, it just was a fun, you know, I liked the adventure. I loved the the location of where they, you know, in Astoria, where they lived. And I just loved it. And my sister and I used to make a joke that every time it rains, let's watch the Goonies, you know, because mm-hmm. that seems like the cloudy moment. And oh, then, yeah. you know, in Southern California, we barely got that because we hardly rain here. But, you know, we tried to make it ourselves when it was a blooming yeah. morning. Oh, it's Goonies morning. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. And we and we loved it. And I would I would say it's a close second with my holiday movie, which is Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. It's a, a Muppet, Jim Henson's Muppet movie. And that again is just, it's a very hilarious, like it, how fun, hilarious for me because my sister and I are like, you know, 50 and 40 something now and we're almost in in our mid fifties and, um, and we still make our children watch Emma Daughter's Jug Band Christmas. And it's just like the Muppets. I've never so. seen it. I'll have to check it out. Oh, it's, it's cool. cute. Yeah. yeah I bet I, I bet I would love it. That's awesome. I bet you will. 
Um, now, do you have any other uh, resources? I know we talked about some of the things and we'll link in the show notes about your healthy living stuff. And then is there any other resources you wanted to share that we can link or things that you're loving right now that you want to recommend? You know, I just, like I said, I, the program that I worked with and on, I would love to give anybody information if they are really, if they've, if, you know, if you've exhausted every diet or whatnot, I mean, this is something that has really helped me. And it's, it's more about the educational side, which I really appreciate about, you know, getting healthy. It's about the mental preparation that is required to making good choices and healthy choices. So if anyone's interested in reaching out to me, you can always email me for more information and you can email me at Jen Thomasick. It's J-E-N-T-O-M-A-S-I-C-K at yahoo.com. And I'd be more than happy to set up an appointment time to talk to you about this and kind of get what your why is and, and figure out how I can help assist you in that way. And then, you know, I'm a makeup artist. So if you want to follow my Instagram, it's MUA makeup artist, eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine, you know, Jenny, Jenny, <laughs> that's a little tag. So MUA eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. And, um, I don't post a whole lot. I'm not a real big, heavy social media presence, um, because I really like to keep my family to myself and, mm-hmm. you know, I do like to share them and every once in a while, I'll share on Facebook, a picture of my kids and a little story that's, you know, pertinent, but it has to have meaning. It has, it's not just like, mm-hmm. Oh, here's my food for the day. That's not me. So yeah. I won't, in, I won't, I won't inundate your, you know, feed if you're following <laughs> me, trust me, you know, barely probably even be able to find me, but, um, but you know, I have fun things. And so when I put stuff on, it's very pertinent. It has, it has a purpose. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I will link all of that in the show notes so people can click that and go. You can go follow Jen. You can email her um, if you are interested in kind of changing your whole mindset on living Mm -hmm. healthy. This has been awesome uh, having you on the show. Friend, I love you so much. Love you. Thank you for being on the show. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me and have a great week. And here's to a beautiful 2022. (laughs) Bye. Hey friends, that's it for today. I'm truly grateful you joined us. If you think others would be encouraged by this episode, you can easily share it by taking a screenshot and adding it to your stories or feed. You can also text it to a friend. New episodes are available every Friday. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch them all. You can find and interact with me on Facebook and Instagram at Married Rogers Neighborhood as well as my website, which I linked in the show notes. If you enjoyed the show today, I would so appreciate if you could take a second to rate and give a five-star review. It helps more people find it, which makes a huge difference for me and the podcast. Just remember, we are in this together. God loves you, and you are not alone. See you next time.